sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica, the queen of teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Welcome, everybody. You've landed on Teen Sports Radio. Another beautiful week here in Santa Barbara. Going to get a little weather shift, so the weatherman says, but that's okay. Um, I like to uh, support a local business every single week. And this week, I didn't know, I didn't have one, but I undid my Something's Good organic box with Dominique this morning. And look at what I found. Will you look at that? That is a sweet potato. This sweet potato is as describe how big it is. It's as big as okay. It's as big as your head. Yeah, half half the size of, of a person's head. Yeah, it's like it's just gigantic. It's the length of a head. But um, I think if I start roasting this, it'll be done by tomorrow afternoon. I mean, I am so excited. I asked um, Carolyn Gibbons if she could join us today, but she's a little bit under the weather. Uh, but she's going to be fine. So she said, I got to get to bed, dropped off the kids. And she says, I got to get to bed. And I'm like, oh, there you go. Um, But yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out, somethingsgoodorganic.com, you can itemize your boxes. They have different sizes. They have vegetable boxes, juice boxes. She has bread now. She has uh, gluten-free options, eggs, you name it, they have it. And what we're doing is we are supporting the farmers by doing that. Dominique. I... I just want to give a recommendation because it gives good health to be eating in the season foods from our local farmers. Yeah, we have a lot of us here on Team Sports Radio that um, use something's good organic. But Carolyn Givens, you could just see a lot of the love. Even when they pack the boxes, it's bountiful. You, you're not losing. Um, it's a it's a win win win. But um, we also have in the house, I'm really excited. I, I look at him, it's a flashback. I mean, we're going on 40 years almost. I remember him at a table at United Boys and Girls Club when we do the Valentine's Classic. Uh, Sal Rodriguez, a longtime buddy of his, Hall of Famer. Um, Abe Jahadmi, I'm talking about, I'm looking right at him. I'm so excited. Um, I want to ask uh, Richard Dugan. I don't know if you know the answer to this. I said, Dr. D, when, uh, when uh, Sal Rodriguez and I first started Team Sports Radio 13 years ago, do you know who the uh, first guest Sal Rodriguez brought out? I can't, I can't hear you. It was Abe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just talked about the muting. It was Abe. Yes, it was Abe. Oh, my gosh. I don't think he's changed. Do you think he's changed? No, not at all. He's exactly the same as I remember him. What was it? 10, 12 years ago? <laughs> a little bit more hair. But Dr. D, show what happens on the show 13 years. All right? Yeah. Take the hat off. <laughs> there you go. That's what happens. That's what happens. So what just happens. be prepared. Hair is gone. So how are you doing, Abe? How are you holding up? I mean, talk to me. What's going on? Well, everything's going well. Um you know, a little less pressure now that I'm retired. So all's good. I can't even imagine um, four. I mean, over three decades. How many years was it exactly? I was at San Marcos for 35 years. Okay, over three decades. And can you say, I mean, I mean, when I look at the 80s when I was coaching and the 90s when I was coaching, and then I see the kids today, I think the parents haven't changed it's still horrible i'm just being honest okay parents just all you know we all have a reflection of our kids of i don't know putting down on the 
Uh, I, I got to be careful here, probably. But what what would you say in the last three gen- three decades have been the biggest changes in our in our teen athletes? I think kids are still kids. You know, they're more specialized now. You know, the right. they play club year round, and so that's that's different. Um, but the parents are still the same. They're very supportive. You may get one once in a while that, you know, is a little rough, but for the most part, they, you know, they're, they're still the same, very supportive and good people. And the kids are great. As long as you're fair with them and consistent, you're, you're going to be fine. Yeah. So your, your journey to San Marcos came from Westmont, right? No. Um, came well. I went to City College and then UCSB, but I worked at the Boys and Girls Club for years. Got you. Do you play soccer at UCSB? No, because I went back to school 10 years later. I went to City College, uh, played there for a year, and then they dropped that's the it. played at City College. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and then the program was dropped, and then I just dropped out of school and went, you know, went to work for the club for 10 years and then went back to school. There you go. So your high school, was it here? Yeah, DP, Dos Pueblos. Oh, so was it ever your, so, okay, uh, of course the Royals, you know, scored having you, but did you ever think about going back or wanting to go to DP? Um, I coached one year under Joby Nunez before I went to San Marcos um, at DP under, under Joby. But, you know, once I got to San Marcos, that's where I wanted to be. Yeah. Nice. Fantastic. I, I will say one thing because they, uh, the sports, when they have specialized them and they also opened it up to uh, organizing it so much younger. I mean, our kids with Sally started a program for kindergartners. And of course my kids were kinder class. We, we snuck all those kids in their four-year-olds. <laughs> starting the beginning of uh, Sal goes, are you recruiting? I said, how am I, how am I, how am I recruiting? Just taking kids. Okay, but I wanted to start them early. Because uh, our organized sports, if you were born in the 60s, we didn't have anything organized until junior high. So you could see that the how, how great, because it's hours, right? 10,000 hours. Put in the 10,000 hours. So do you like that or do you think we should, you know, I don't think you could dial it back anymore, but what do you think? Do you think we should just go more for three sport, four sport athletes or are you 100% thinking that the whole specialization is the way to go? Well, I think that um, being able to do multiple multi-sports is the way to go. I really do because there are just a very few of them that'll ever get a college scholarship. I mean, once you get into high school after your first year or second year, then you can specialize. But you see more and more injuries because of overuse now because right. of kids that just do one thing and they miss out on a lot, you know, having different coaches, different kids that they play with. I think that's that's also makes kids grow grow up more. And so yeah. that's too bad. The benefit of having kids just do one sport is more kids are then involved in the sports program because, you know, if you have all these talented athletes and they tend to, you know, be the top athletes in every sport and less kids would be involved and would get a chance. Right. That's a good point, too. We've got Amy. Dr. Amy wants to add to that. Then we have Don Sanders. We'll be brief because we've got a lot of show today. Go ahead. Well, I'm super grateful to Abe for all his service to the community. And uh, sorry, our paths didn't cross 
more while you were in your role and congratulations on your retirement. Um, I agree with him about um, the multi-sport athletes developing both as all around athletic skills and um, their social skills as well. And I just wanted to say as far as the thousand hours, um, the more mindful people are in their execution of their sport, I think the fewer hours they need to put in. So there's practice and then there's mindful practice. And so if you're practicing mindfully, both your physical skills and your mental, emotional skills and your teamwork support skills, um, that practice will yield more if it's done with awareness and joy and a sense of humor. Nice. Ed, we've got Ed want to say a couple of things. We've got to get to our sports recaps. We've got all of these kids in the waiting room, so we'll be brief. Ed. Yeah. Hi, Abe. It's Ed. Hey, congratulations doing? on your retirement and that article that Mark Patton did in Newshawk. That was a great article. There, there were a few things in there that I didn't know about, like that you played at DP back in the 70s. Yeah, and, I didn't know that either. In 1975, you were voted most valuable player for the for the mm -hmm. team. And if anybody hasn't read that article, I'd recommend you go on Newshawk and just search Abe and you'll see that article. And Abe's helped me with so many things. Like uh, when I was doing a, a segment for If Only I'd Known on the 65 Don's Royals game, Abe gave me newspaper articles to get the stats to put that together. And then last year, our reunion gave me access to the actual game ball from that 65 game. And I was able to take that to the reunion and and Coach Stoney was there. And some of the guys that actually played in that game were able to have a photo op with Stoney. And then the sports recap, when I was doing the recaps, I went to to Abe for uh, to recruit a student. And he introduced me to Ambrose and Sammy. And they're still doing a, a great job on the sports recap. But I got to ask you. You worked at the boys club, you coached at DP, you coached at San Marcos. What's in your future? What, what do you want to do now? He's after he co-hosts once a month on Gene Sports Radio. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> or while he co-hosts. Hey, wait, let's all, and all those in favor of Abe joining the team, say aye. Look at that. Aye. Aye. Aye, have it. Yeah, for a year, I'm really not making any commitments to organizations. I've been asked, <laughs> I understand to, I've been asked to join boards, a couple of boards, but, um, and I've said, just give me a little bit of time. I'm going to try. I traveled a lot last year, a lot. You know, I got out of the country a couple of times and then within the country, I traveled around and really enjoyed it. And I want to continue doing that. Um, I've got a daughter who's working on her PhD in New York that I'd like to visit a couple of times a year or two and not have the stress of having to come back or getting phone calls oh, yeah. wherever I am. I mean, I'm out of the country and I'm getting phone calls, you know, Hey, this <laughs> hey is I was, break. I was one of them. So, uh, well, you're, you're positive phone calls, sometimes <laughs> oh, rough, positive. Uh, rough phone calls. And so, yeah. you know, just to be able to unwind and, you know, play some golf and travel and work around the house, I think, would be good for me for a year and then yeah. decide for that what I'm going to do. All right. Well, yeah. All right. Enjoy. balancing work and rest. Awesome. 
Yeah. Like, you definitely paid your dues. We love you. And uh, you and Joe Chenoweth, since day one, has only gave us love. We really appreciate it. So let's do this. We're going to jump right in. We've got kids in the house. We've got DP High School Charger. Uh, that's Abe's alum right there. Valeria, what's going on, Valeria? Your uncle's in the house. Talk to me. Hey, Erica. Let me intro my brother, Juan, who will be helping me out this week. Hey, everyone. I'm Juan, and I'll be doing this week's Charger Recap. Starting off with girls basketball, they played against San Marcos last Saturday with junior Justine Katz, who made 17 points. The final score being 65-60, to 60, Chargers taking the win. Boys basketball also played against San Marcos. It was a tough loss with the final score being 55-54. to 54. Moving on to girls water polo, who also played against San Marcos. The final score was 13-7. The Chargers unfortunately lost. Boys soccer played against Oxnard High School, the final score being 1 to 1. Going back to basketball, girls played against Pacifica, the final score was 55 to 67, the Chargers unfortunately lost. Boys basketball also played against Pacifica. It was a tough game, but the Chargers came out with the win. The final score was 46 to 45. Girls water polo played against Buena High School, the final score was 16 to 0, the Chargers taking the win. Boys and girls wrestling had a match against Ventura. The final score was 37-28. The Chargers taking the win. Three of our boys went undefeated in league. Samuel Ramos, Sean Veig, and Diego Hernandez. Going back to girls water polo, they played against Mira Costa. The final score has not been announced, but Emma Gilbert had a season high 8 goals to help her team take the win. Girls soccer played against Pacifica High School. The final score was 1-0. The Chargers taking the win. And that is it for this week's Charger Recap. I am Juan Esteban Tiburcio Romo, and thanks for listening. Thank you, Valeria. Sean Walters is up next. Bishop Diego High School Cardinal. Sean, what's that? What's going on? Thank you so much, Erica. This is Bishop Diego High School Senior Sean Walters sounding on once again to give you the Bishop Diego High School Sports Recap. I first wanted to start off by giving a big congratulations to star sophomore soccer player Kaya Lily Penn on being named the Santa Barbara Athletic Roundtable Athlete of the Week. That is such an incredible honor. Also, another congratulations to sophomore Eliana Rizua on being named to the first team all CIF Division 5 girls volleyball team. That is absolutely amazing. Now for our soccer news. The girls tied a tough Santa Clara team at home last Tuesday. Kylie Penn scored two goals and Sienna Urzua added one. They then went on to sadly lose 2-3 against a very talented Foothill Tech team. Good try though, girls. They're now looking ahead to Tuesday where they will face off against Grace Brethren. Good luck, girls. In our basketball news, our varsity boys basketball team unfortunately lost both of their games this past week. They fell short 42-56 on Wednesday against Kate and 47-60 versus St. Bonaventure on Friday. Both teams were very talented though, so great try, boys. They now look ahead to Monday where they will face Santa Clara. Good luck, boys. Our girls' varsity basketball team found much more success though as they defeated St. Bonaventure 43-36 this past Thursday. Great job, girls. They now look ahead to Foothill Tech, whom which they will play on Thursday. Well, everyone, that's all I've got for your Bishop Sports Recap. Thank you so much for listening, and please don't forget to tune in once again next week. This is Sean Walters signing off. All right, Ambrose Partee, Sammy Schaefer. we got Abe Jahadami in the house. Standing by. Tell us what's going on. Need a little royal recap. Thanks, Erica. It's Sammy and Ambrose here with your weekly sports update. Starting off with girls' water polo, our girls beat Real Mesa 9-7 in a Channel League match last Monday. 
Freshman Charlotte Raisin led the team with four goals, while sophomores Lucy Holland Ford and Naomi Enright each had two. Also, last Tuesday, our girls beat the Chargers 13-7 in their crosstown game at the Ealings Aquatic Center. Chris Paris, the Dos Pueblos girls water polo coach, said, This is the best team in my memory that San Marcos has ever had. Really, honestly, they're so talented. It's like a disservice to Santa Barbara water polo if they don't win a championship. You have six girls going to play Division I water polo. It's a special group. And last Thursday, Ava Stryker powered in six goals and drew three ejections to lead a balanced San Marcos girls water polo team to a 19-13 win at the Newport Elite Eight tournament. Sophia Panosian had a big game with four goals and a drawn ejection, and freshman Charlotte Raisin was a force at both ends of the pool with four steals, a block, three assists, two goals, and a drawn ejection. Great job, girls! Moving on to girls basketball, last Thursday our girls jumped out to a 10-4 first quarter lead and went on to defeat Santa Barbara High 47-39 in a crosstown Channel League girls basketball game at the Thunder Hut. Mia Martinez led three Royals in double figures with 13 points, Riley Welch scored 11 points, and Maria Shakova had 10. And now moving on to boys soccer, last Thursday night our boys beat Ventura 3-0 to remain undefeated in the Channel League. Luke Sheffy launched crosses into the box that were finished by sophomore Jose Ramirez and Fabio Rosales for a 2-0 lead. Leonel Olivo added the third goal on a smash from 25 yards that snuck in at the near post. Also, last Tuesday our boys beat Buena 2-1 in a Channel League match. The Royals got their first goal when sophomore Jose Ramirez crossed the ball from the right to Luke Sheffy who got it in with a header. Coach Paul McLean said, Tolly Knowles played four or five positions for us tonight and had a great impact on the game, as did the sophomores Jose Ramirez and Luis Botello. The back line did an excellent job as well. And last Thursday, our boys secured their third straight Channel League title with a 4-1 win over rivals Santa Barbara High in the Wardican Stadium. In the beginning of the match, senior Justin Hess rose above defenders and headed in a corner kick from sophomore Jose Ramirez to the back post. We also had goals from junior Fabi Rosales, senior Leonel Olivo, and senior Luke Sheffy. Great job, boys. The boys are now 12-0 in league. And now moving on to boys wrestling, the Royals won their final regular season match on senior night, beating Oxnard 48-24. Freshman Dalton Shoup recorded his first league win with a pin in the first period. And at 140 pounds, Chuck Wickline scored a pin in the third period. Sophomore Max Ortega also won his first league bout with a pin. And seniors Jacob Dominguez and Ambrose Partee dominated in their final dual meet with pins. Great job, boys. Moving on to boys basketball, last Friday our boys beat Ventura 67-53 in a Channel League match at the Thunder Hut. The Royals got some big shots from Joe Pasternak, Andre McCullough, and Diego Reyes during their second quarter surge. Owen Lauderdale played well at both ends of the court. He finished with a team high of 14 points. And last Monday, our boys beat Dos Pueblos in a Thunder Hut thriller 55-54. Coach James Kinsler said, we made just enough plays. At the end of the day, that is what it takes. Kinsler said, it's a tight race, but it's fun. We've had a long season and lots of opponents, so to be in some games that matter, I'm really happy for our guys. Micah Jacoby, who returned from injury, led San Marcos in scoring with 12 points while McCullough chipped in 10. And that's all we have for you guys this week. Back to you, Erica. Thank you, guys. Lots of love to all of you. Thank you for all the great recaps. Let's get some hooga. Stay with us.
This is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Hello, welcome back. <laughs> I'm Dominique Hackett with Santa Barbara Wellness Center, and this is a Hackett's Huga moment. So, Huga is that wonderful newly coined word that has to do with all the activities that we do in our life with friends and family that are just really enjoyable, bring wellness and make, make us happy learning, happy being a teen athlete, and uh, just increases our ability to learn. So I love to tell stories, but this time I actually want to explain a wonderful technique that helps to create incredible huga moments. So huga, when we say huga, we're talking about soulful, soulful connection. Soulful connection to people and friends and so forth. And there is a process of having conversations that uh, once you learn it, it, it is just a beautiful way to dialogue with people. And it helps us avoid arguments, but also deepens our understanding. And this process is called the Socratic method. So the Socratic method, uh, we determined it from the dialogues that Plato wrote down about his teacher, Socrates. So this apparently was the way that Socrates would engage his students in conversations. And what it really uh, amounts to is it's a dialogue. So we have monologues and dialogue. So students, um, when your teacher or your parent gets really upset at you, sometimes you experience a monologue. That's when they talk to you and you don't hear anything else. You're just getting talked to. You don't even get a chance to put in two cents. That's a monologue. So a dialogue is when you have at least two more people discussing. So it's going back and forth, back and forth. And so the Socratic method is a process of a dialogue. And what it's doing is it's, it's basically creating a cooperative argumentative space rather than arguing to win, you're asking questions and you're creating this ability to ask questions to each other. So it can be refined down to five steps. So I'm going to just tell you real quick, receive, reflect, refine, restate, and repeat. So what does this mean? Receive, that's when we start a conversation with someone. We are receiving their opinion or their um, assumptions about something. And I want to suggest that when we talk to each other about different events and issues and so forth, ask someone, what's your position on this? So instead of saying, what's your opinion? Say, what's your position? So teens can understand this. I mean, it, you have positions on, on various team sports, right? And positions can change. That's the wonderful thing about the word position. So if teens focus on dialogue and positions. So the first thing you do is you ask, you're going to receive from someone else, what's their position on a particular event or issue. The next thing is you're going to reflect. And what reflect means you've had to listen to what their position is. And now you get to state it back to them. And this way, they know that you heard them and you understood them. And in that process, of you reflecting their position back to them, they get to say, oh no, you, you missed this point. I meant this. And so it's a dialogue. You're going back and forth, back and forth. The reflect is until you are able to restate to them what their position is. That doesn't mean you agree. So teams, you need to know this. Just relax into 
stay, reflecting back what it is that they said. I don't think anybody does that. But I would say, Dr. Amy, on this show, you do that all the time. Yes. And when, she, when I see that, it's really cool because I'm like, well, yeah, that's what she just said. But the way you're saying it, it's kind of you want to identify it. You want to be clear with your thoughts exactly what that person's trying to uh, pr- exactly. uh, project. Yeah. So that's so why really the second that. step is reflect. So first receive, mm-hmm. second reflect. The third step is refine. This is where we ask why questions. So you take apart different points of a position and you say why. So, for example, you're talking to someone about, hey, why are you playing baseball? Right. You know, and they they express their love of a particular thing. Maybe they're, you know, working the first base, learning to master first base. So then you can ask why. What is it about this position that you really enjoy? And so those why questions open up a greater understanding of where someone is at. Then you get to ask them to restate again what their position is, because this dialogue is now refining their position. So they get you say, hey, well, can you explain to me again what your particular issue is? And sometimes, teens, there's a lot of politics and stuff that come up with sports or school or so forth. So you may have a strong opinion about something like uh, should cannabis be legalized? You, You may have strong opinions about that. So now we restate. And then we repeat the process. So nowhere in this is it arguing for a particular opinion, but rather it's this beautiful discovery. And what happens is you create a huga moment full of understanding where both of you are growing and learning from each other. So I want to encourage people to engage in the Socratic method, receive, reflect, refine, restate, and repeat. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. And then when we get back, we're going to talk about receive, reflect, refine, restate, repeat. Keep it here. Dance for me, dance for me, dance for me. Oh, 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 oh. I never see anybody do the things you do before. They say, move for me, move for me, move for me. Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Dr. Amy Saltzman, and you're listening to Teen Sports Radio. You can find me at stillquietplace.com and spotaspider.com. And I just wanted to reflect and refine on um, Dominique's Huga. So I love that process. And I have, for those of you who feel like five steps too many, I have a little bit shorter one. um, And it's just listen, breathe, respond. And I want to break it down just a little. When we're supposedly listening to someone, we're often super, super busy um, preparing our rebuttal in our heads. And so if we can just truly listen with not just our ears, but our minds and our hearts and really fully hear what the person's saying, that can be helpful. 
the breathe is kind of that space where you really take in and hear what they've said and give yourself a moment to notice how you're feeling. And maybe if you're feeling reactive, give yourself a few moments or even say, you know, I really want to, um, you know, take some time with what you said and I'll get back to you. And then the respond is holding both the person who was speaking and yourself in high regard, in compassion and responding for, um, you know, hopefully an intention of collaboration or resolution or cooperation. So, yeah. Love it. Dr. G. I love that. I love that. I love that. I mean, it's, it's something that I've always, Amy and, and Dominique, I love this because it's an example of how my wife and I communicate. We never compete. We always listen. And it's, it's just about cooperation and uh, communication. And you're right. I, I sometimes when I listen to my wife, I'm like trying to come up with solutions. But then I have to remember, wait, sometimes she doesn't want my solutions. She just wants to say whatever. And it's kind of like a monologue. And then it turns into a dialogue where I ask questions, trying to really understand what's going on. Uh, same thing that happens with clients, too. You know, they, they do an exercise that doesn't feel good for them. And I have to figure out the root of the problem by, you know, kind of listening and absorbing everything that they say and then responding and, and trying to offer solutions because I'm never trying to compete my way or the highway. It's whatever's best for you and, and whatever you're voicing right now. I need to listen and breathing is, is very, very crucial as well. It helps keep everyone <laughs> calm. <laughs> Alex, uh, how do we get a hold of you? 805 Fit for Life. Sorry. Fit for Life 805.com. You can find me on the web anytime. Or give me a call, 805-896-7514. Thank you so much. We so appreciate your, your input every single week. We adore you. Dr. Jean. Thank you. I love that, that uh, thinking about how you communicate in relationships, right? It might be different with one person than it is with another. And I just think about how complex communication can be. And you might even say something to someone and assume that they understood you and then be in your own mind about feeling frustrated because they didn't follow through or really taking that moment to say, okay, this is a interpersonal interaction, right? This isn't just me saying something out there. I'm wanting the other person to receive it. And so I'll use the uh, Marshall Rosenberg's uh, nonviolent communication and teaching that the other person, right, to be a listener is really half of the role. And so I'll often suggest that the listener say, okay, let me see if I got this right. So that you're repeating it back because often it's, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more subtle and really getting exactly what it is that that person meant is, is a real skill. Yeah. Don Sanders, and we'll take a break. Well, I kind of wanted to respond to three things. Uh, the Huga also, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting uh, Abe, and uh, 
I really appreciated what you said about uh, the three sport sort of athlete. I think balance, as, as Amy mentioned, is really important. I think that a kid has to be able to learn to know himself and not just be always so caught up in that busyness channeled towards something because I, in five sports, I was kept very busy with that. But, but you know, the, the, what I got from athletics and the discipline to still take care of my body for longevity's sake has lasted well beyond the sports themselves. And I was really proud of my older daughter who, you know, proved to everybody that she could make it in basketball, but then went out to lunch with a college recruiter for sports and learned what exactly would be expected of her in division one, two, and three. And based on that, she chose not to keep on going with basketball, but to keep on going with her desire to, you know, uh, follow a degree in fine art. And, you know, she's not making her living as an artist, but it applies to everything she does. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, let's do this. Break time? Yep. We break time. Really excited. We've got our community activist, Stephanie Forster, waving at me. We'll be with her right after these messages. Well, now. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome. This is Stephanie Forrester, the community activist. And first of all, Rob, very quickly. Hi, Abe. We went to high school together. Hello. <laughs> I love you. And I love how much help you helped with Friday Night Lights. And I remember so much about you. So you're you're a legend. <laughs> So, um, thank you. And Anthony, I'll talk about movement and education and putting things out there for our kids to visually see what we can do not to have Zoom meetings and how one-to-one the kids need to see somebody, I think, that have lived through this experience and listen to them and and I believe that that's what we need to be doing and it's not being done. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, especially when it comes to teens and, and young kids, um, you know, we're kids. We, we don't believe things happen. But if we hear it from a person that has, has had a lived experience on no matter what type of topic, it makes a big difference. It does make an impact. And I think that's really, really important. So that's why I appreciate the fact that you're willing to speak about what has happened to you, the loss of your son. And, you know, you're his, you're his voice. You are his voice. He lives through you. And these kids need to see that, that, um, you know, it can happen to anybody. And especially right now, they can't trust anything. And then they don't, they're not going to believe it because it comes from, from parents or it comes from, um, you know, family members. But if it comes from somebody else, that's when it does make a difference. Yep. All right. So just to, just to give 
do a quick uh, synopsis of how when a person tells a story of what's happened to them. I My story just won the 70th Golden Mike Award. Uh, and that's very, very, um, the standard is actually for the award is based on, on excellency. And it breaks it down from broadcasting podcasts, TV podcasts, investigation, live covering. And I won under uh, with a lot of um, finalists, um, medical and a science report by telling um, mother uh, um, warns of fentanyl danger for kids. So, uh, that kind of, yeah, congratulations! So you won the Golden Mike Award because it didn't come through well. So you won the Golden Mike Award. Congratulations! Yep. Yeah, congratulations. Ninety contestants, um, radio shows, talk shows, podcasts, tel- television. Um, you know, this, I, I don't know if I'm really supposed to say that because the award comes out next month. But you know, it's on the new. I mean, it's on the website. But I'm um, really, really great. Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. well, really, really love the reporters and uh, the cameraman and the ability to be able to stay and tell my story truthfully and how raw how raw it is and yeah that being able to speak and tell a story face to face in front of television and capture it and win it shows me that we should be able to do that locally and i'm not yeah. seeing that yeah so when you say you're not seeing that what do you think is stopping getting our this information that needs to be shared to our kids to save lives mm-hmm. because the numbers are not um the numbers should say it all we are losing too many kids yeah. to overdoses and un- unknowing uh they're not really getting being get the information so does anybody have any solutions to this don sanders sadly um yeah. recently also don you want to say I, I can't even say it i get emotional yeah, I, I lost my oldest son on uh, Christmas Eve and uh, probable drug overdose. Haven't gotten the uh, official report back yet, but um, I'm just, you know, I haven't been in the school environment for years and years. And so, you know, we all think we understand school because we remember being there, but it's changed so much. I'm just wondering uh, what sort of resources could be implemented to reach kids so that they are given you know, kind of like, you know, I knew I knew a guy who still uh, life coaches and, and works with people for their for their growing kids who use the Socratic method. If we could somehow, you know, get people uh, in front of somebody where they can hear about real life experience and they have a chance to pause and reflect, soak some of that in along with the push towards the sports, the push towards the academics, the push towards, you know, because to find yourself, you know, you can't just be put on a bullet train speeding towards the destination and, uh, you know, figure all that other stuff out later. You know, you got to have some time to, we used to have some time to, to, you know, I grew up in Stanford campus. I could go out by a lake. I could go up in the hills. You have a chance to let stuff soak in. You go home, you have a snack like 3.30 in the afternoon, then you decide, hey, maybe I'll go out and take a hike. I don't think a lot of kids have that kind of that kind of space in their lives anymore. Does anybody have a solution? I think I that we make our own project, start going in um, and just power it out. See, 
work really hard at getting in. And I think that we have enough people um, and, and just do it, form our own, form our own group. Abe right. something to say. Well, Anthony, I think hey, the, dub the double whammy was also COVID when the kids were so isolated, too. So that was a double whammy. The other thing is um, the, the schools have spent a lot of money. Most of the money now that's being spent is on hiring more and more counselors. And so their counselors, way more counselors that deal with depression and drug issues. And so... But it, it is an issue. It really is a problem. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to take another break. Keep it here. Our Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hello, this is Dr. Amy Saltzman, and you're listening to Teen Sports Radio. And we're talking about supporting our teens and addressing the crises in mental and emotional health. And you all know that I'm an upstream girl. So my proposal is not going to shock anyone. Um, I would love to see all freshmen or even all sixth graders get a basic course in um, mindfulness, which will allow them to learn some basic mental emotional skills for kids who are struggling. Um, it'll let them be identified early. Um, if we teach these classes in groups, it will reduce the load for the counselors because the kids who need just general skills can get those in a group. The kids who can need more support can be referred to the counselors. If a kid's not struggling now, but three years from now they're struggling, they have skills and they know who they need to go back to um, for support. So it's nice. just a more efficient way to get everyone some baseline skills and then streamline the kids who get referred for counseling. Great. Who wants to go next? I have a suggestion. Okay. Uh, this is Dominique. My suggestion is uh, giving parents more time at schools. So I think our schools should be open so that in the evening, the parents can come with the kids. Maybe there's a community kitchen going on and you have a good meal there. So that mindfulness classes, uh, exercise classes, tutoring is available on campus. The family's safe and it promotes uh, the wellness of the children and the parents. I was at school from eight to eight. I lived at school. Uh, Don. 
I, I'm thinking, I don't, you know, the, the therapists that are in training, my daughter used to see one when she was at Cal Berkeley. She'd go down to Peninsula to see a therapist in training. If you could implement the people that are working, you know, to become therapists, if you could have small groups of kids that could meet with them, develop a rapport and be able to talk about all kinds of different things they may not be able to talk about anywhere else. If you could make time somewhere in their school day to where they could also take a period where they go do this. And, and so, like I'm saying, maybe you could use therapists in training. Great. Okay. Love it. Love it. Dr. Jean, solution. Uh, I really like Dawn's earlier suggestion, too, about getting out into nature and finding ways where people can get their natural high, right? We have so many things now that teach us to be more disembodied. And I think Amy's suggestion of learning how to be mindful and more embodied is something that's really missing with our kids. Uh, why don't we, everybody today, just encourage just sitting up up against a tree and reading a book, right? Or having a conversation. Having a conversation. Human activities. That's it. Hey, this was great. Stephanie Forrester, you'll be back next week. Everybody else will be back next week. Abe, I know I could sneak you in on the show once a month. God bless everybody. <laughs> Thank you, teens. Bye. I'm unstoppable. I'm a pusher with no breaks. I'm invincible. Yeah, I would never sing.